You are listening to the Christ in All podcast, where we discuss how following Jesus Christ impacts all areas of a believer's life. Each week, we will answer questions about the Christian worldview in an effort to help both new and mature believers grow in their faith. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the Christ in All podcast. My name is Chad Hunsberger, and with me today is Fred Hall. And unusually, that's a different start for us, right? You're, if you are a regular listener, you're used to hearing Matthew Smith say, welcome to the Christ in All podcast. And uh, he says, with me as always, is Chad Hunsberger. But in this case, uh, we're kind of shifting things around intentionally, as, we, uh, as you'll hear in just a little while. Uh, as you may know, and as actually we have talked about before, Matthew and I are two white men uh, living in Mississippi. And uh, so there are some things that while we can speak to them biblically and we can speak to them uh, based on our knowledge, sometimes we feel like it is wisest for us to hear from those who might have a, uh, a greater understanding for different reasons about certain topics. And this topic today is one of those. And Fred Hall is an African-American brother in Christ and a dear friend of mine. Uh, uh, He serves as an elder here at Colonial Heights with us. And today we want to talk a little bit about critical race theory. And one of the things that has been a critique in the Christian realm and maybe even in secular realm as well, is that when uh, a a couple of or maybe even a group of uh, white guys sit around to talk about this, it's void the voice of maybe those who it is most directly affecting the most. And so uh, we really wanted to kind of change that narrative and and I think we might even find this in a couple different podcasts. So if you're a, to try to unpack all that critical race theory is, there's books and books and articles and all kinds of stuff. Um, but what we want to do uh, in this episode is really just try to understand what is critical race theory and maybe even what are some of the challenges that it has. And then in another episode, we'll come back and try to consider how we as followers of Christ need to uh, interact with it or not, or what does that look like uh, for us? So it may even be challenging if you're a listener who wants everything in one episode, uh, you won't find everything there is to know in this episode or the next one. But, But all that being said, Fred Hall, Thank you so much for joining with me today. I'm so glad to be here. I am excited about the topic and my prayer is that it will bring some clarity and some healing to all people, especially the body of Christ, uh, yeah. based on the things that we talk about here today. It is a beginning. It is not the full meal deal, but it's just a beginning conversation of how we can heal and work together in Christ to heal our land. And so I'm yeah. excited about the topic. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I, I turn for all of you, I turn to Fred a lot uh, in regards to more than just racial issues, uh, certainly ones that deal with the body of Christ. And uh, again, I mentioned he is an elder uh, here at Colonial Heights and just a gift to our faith family. And um, so 
Let's start with that first question. Based on your understanding, what is critical race theory? A big concept that is broken down into a granular level when it gets to race. The bigger issue started, as I understand it, it started with critical theory, which looks at how do you look at oppression and injustice in any society. As I understand it, this was a 1920s, 30s concept that was more Eastern European and more socialist in nature. And so it would then trace its way all the way up through Nazi Germany, and you would then start looking at oppression, the Holocaust. You would start looking at uh, the haves, the have-nots. You would start looking at colors. You would start looking at ethnicity. And then it kind of breaks down, as my understanding, it broke down, and you didn't hear about it as much, somewhere around the year 2000, it kind of resurfaced and it took the form of feminist and it took the mm -hmm. form of um, sexual preference. You could add a little bit of, of race into that mix, but then it kind of went away again. The next time you see a big deal about it is around 2013, 2014. Yes. And there were a lot of racial issues happening in our country, the United States. And so it emerged again. The next big boom, as I understand it, was 2019, 2020. It exploded yes. with uh, several racial things that happened in our country and that were not good. And so then the conversation of critical race theory comes about. Yeah. And and critical race theory, again, which is an offshoot of critical theory, is looking more at oppression and injustice, looking at privilege and power. Those who have it, how do you acknowledge that you have it and how do you make it more not only equal, but equitable for others? And so the catch all, the takeaway from any of the critical theories, however they are, if that's race or if that's gender, if that's feminism, if that's uh, uh, economic, it is to take the power from those who have it and to distribute it to those who do not. Sort of, in my, my simplistic way, sort of that Robin Hood mentality, uh -huh. right. take from the rich, give to the poor. If in specifically critical race, take from those who have it, which would be Caucasian, white, mostly male, and give it to those who do not have it. Primarily, that is the loudest voice is African-American, although uh, Latino is in there, uh, a little bit of Native American, not so much Asian in the United States. Primarily, you hear it uh, for African-Americans. So that's primarily my understanding of where it came from and how it kind of morphed into where it is today. Yeah, I think a couple of things to maybe uh, add in there. When I was doing my little research as well, I guess uh, I came across this and thought it was helpful. Like, so it's uh, the two, two words that are really key are critical and theory. You mentioned yeah. that's how it began. Theory yeah. in the sense that it's explaining society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone else wrote it's critical in the sense that it assesses and challenges the way groups exert power 
or are oppressed by that power. So, yeah. so then I, I would say this, though, one of the things I uh, came across was that in you kind of skipped from the uh, maybe the 40s um, yeah. all the way to, to 2000 in, yeah. the, in the late 70s and early 80s. It, it started actually coming some into universities. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as mainstream conversation like in the news right. or in, uh, but, but just generally in some of the, I want to call them like upper echelon schools. Yeah. Talking about yeah. Harvard and yeah. Purdue and some yeah. of those. That, yeah. Some of the professors yeah. were beginning to uh, kind of look back 30 years. Yes. Okay, maybe there was some more going on there. Right. And so you ha- that's where really the race word that is in between critical and right. Right. to really come in. And then you right. fast forward again to 2000, right. 2013, right. now 2020. Right. Um, right. And uh, they're, they're actually, yeah, some of it came out of Harvard Law and, and some of those sort of things as well. Right, right. Um, I, I, okay. So you mentioned lots of words that might get lumped in to critical theory, even though most of the time we're hearing critical race theory. Right. There is another big word that gets lumped into there a lot called intersectionality. Yeah. Right. And it gets put in there. And some of that, like you, you described has to do with, uh, Sexual orientation, right? With uh, some of how you see yourself, it has to do with feminism. Right. I mean, there's a right. much bigger picture. So even though it's right. called critical race theory, right, it's helpful for us to know that this encompasses something much bigger, much bigger. Yeah, much bigger. And again, you, you primarily hear it now as race because right. that is the 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 term of this this season this this moment but the bigger construct has to do with critical and you're right uh looking at it critically assessing it which is one of the things that i think to its credit it is being critical it is assessing it is analyzing so any theory or any practice any social uh, structure um, that is uncritical is dangerous and so again that's a good thing about critical theory. Um, it tends to, I think it has some good points, some merits to it, but I think in the Christian context, it becomes, it, it comes out of place um, because I think it, it makes too many assumptions and it makes too many claims and assertions yeah. that do not align with scripture. Well, let's, and so let's, let's that, that is my concern with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's jump a little bit to that. So, uh, why is a critical theory? And, and by the way, obviously, we would correlate and say Holocaust was bad. Yes, we would. But, but if, if it starts with really just trying to understand or to uh, disseminate power, so to speak, or whatever the case is, if those are the things like, why is this theory? Not just uh, like what is it? Why is it a problem, um, especially for us as believers? What What are some things that come to your mind in that regard? 
Because, as I understand it, and I'm trying to understand the theory part of it, and I'm trying to look at how do we see it in this culture. And then I'm trying to say, okay, let me put my spiritual glasses on and say, so what does this mean for the church? Which we'll talk about the so what moment for the church. But the biggest issue is what critical theory says is this binary, um, these opposite social binaries which is polarities. Again, simply put, it is the have, the have nots, the power, the less than power, the oppressed, the oppressor. So it splits people or cat into categories where the, you have privilege or you don't have privilege. You have power, you don't have power. And, and would it be suggesting in some ways, uh, it sounds extreme, but that the oppressed become the oppressor because there's only two options of power not power right oppressor so if you're if you're not being oppressed you must be the oppressor and therefore like that's actually the goal is to flip-flop them right right Right. you you rise up and and yeah and you you overthrow the systems because remember this is not about individual one-to-one these are systems and so you overthrow the system or you rebel against the system or there's this uh cultural coup Mm d'etat and so you're saying just overthrow it because those in power have been in power long enough and we're not going to take it and so you see grassroots movements, you see uh, social media movements, you yeah. see uh, media movements, and they, they have a lot of power and they have a lot of influence and people gravitate to it. Again, some of that uh, is a good thing because people are listening. You hear right now this movement say, uh, stay woke or the woke movement, which means you've been asleep for so long. And now they're saying people, people in marginalized communities, wake up, be awake, what they say, woke, Mm. be awoke. And so it's called the woke movement. So I am woke now. Um, And it's saying we will not tolerate that anymore. Those who are the oppressors, that day is gone. Uh, uh, Social justice is a big part of critical race theory. You're looking at social justice. How do you equitably uh, give power, give access, give resources to those who do not have it? And the other piece of that is understanding and highlighting the lived experiences of people. What is their actual reality like? This is not what you see on TV necessarily. This is not in ivory towers. This is not in the higher echelons, but this is people's actual story. And so when you talk to those kinds of people, they're giving their stories. And again, they're using the individual stories collectively to influence policy and systems. Yeah. Okay. That would be what I understand the critical race peace theory to be uh, promoting. Yeah. I, I saw this, uh, this quote that I thought was really helpful. It says, critical race theory is not a problem because it raises the challenge of racial justice and racial harmony and racial respect and racial glory. It's a problem because it fails us as we try to take up these challenges in a hopeful, Christ-exalting way. Inside critical race theory, 
God is small and negligible. The Bible is small and negligible. Truth is small and negligible. Evil is big, and there's no answer for it. It's a hopeless path. So even, even when we're talking about a, uh, I think this is helpful, it doesn't mean that we can't gain anything from, I mean, you mentioned a few things that are helpful in it. However, when its foundations are from a secularist worldview, right, and not a Christian worldview, they're not coming at this that all people are made in the image of God. They're not right. coming at this. They might say that all people, uh, all people need uh, equality, but yeah. not necessarily seeing it because we're made in the image of God. So even the foundation, which leads then for uh, oppress oppressor kind of conversation, it leads then to these polarities that you described. And this piece of intersectionality, which is where people are are choosing uh, something of who they want to claim to be, so to speak, yeah. not how God designed it. And so, so I would say it seems like even what you're you're saying is even in the the personal story that needs to be heard. Yeah, it's. Sometimes for us as believers, we, we might have a hard time with that because we, we aren't hearing hope of the gospel. Right. right? We're, not, we're not seeing any glimmer of that because yeah. it's, it's clouded by secularism. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. That, that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was born out of which you, you made the word a moment ago, and, and you're right. It's worldview. Right. And if it came from its origins, came out of a secular, not Christian, not even religious worldview, but then it has drifted and morphed its way into spiritual places and spiritual uh, churches, uh, religious uh, faith entities have taken it and tried to shape it. But in its origin, it was never a spiritual ideology. Right. And it came from a secular worldview. Yeah. It does have relevance for the church now. So I'm not saying that it doesn't have relevance right. because the church is the cultural interpreter for everything mm. because there should be a biblical response, a Christ-centered, gospel-centered response to everything because the Bible has one narrative, God's narrative. In everything from Genesis to Revelation, God is speaking from an authoritative place that this is my story and this is how I have created and this is what I've done. And that then offshoots to what marriages look like, that uh, speaks to gender, that speaks to race, that speaks to equality, that speaks to government. It speaks to everything but it's God's narrative. Right. So again, I think in the community, the church is the supreme interpreter or should be right. the supreme interpreter of who, what God has said and God's intention for the earth. That's again, good. because uh, race is so inflammatory. It has always been, but it is, it's gaslighted right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the church either wants to ignore race and and oppression or social justice or it wants to 
get on the bandwagon and say, let me overthrow my Christian beliefs and, and in theology in order to pick up what the culture is saying. Yeah. And I'm saying again, right now, then we're in binary, we're in polarities again. It have or have nots, you either right. are on it or you're not on it. Uh, you endorse it or you throw it out. There yeah. is no middle ground. And I think the church has to sit in a true reflection of Christ, and they don't have to necessarily take sides on the thing, except to say, this is what God intended right. for his people in the earth. Well, There's some things, yeah. A little bit to the yeah. next episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how we <laughs> yeah. respond to that, which is yeah. good. Though. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think of, um, and I may mention this in the next episode too, but J.D. Greer in talking about uh, this, about critical race theory says that sometimes uh, we take some, we take a sledgehammer to something that really needs a scalpel. And, yeah. uh, and so as believers, there's a part to us that, that I think a scalpel is this very, like yeah. uh, there are these slivers of pieces that yeah. we can yeah. out of yeah. knowing that we are coming at it from a totally different worldview. Yeah. I think that's why, and again, um, I, I, I will I will say this, to, maybe to help bring the kind of a final closure to this piece, but yeah, uh, there are statements that get made about critical race theory that really put a uh, make us want to throw everything out. Because yeah, there was a statement yeah. about this that yeah. said. Um, biblical inerrancy and in by a critical race theorist, by the way, yeah. so biblical inerrancy and biblical infallibility are orthodoxies of white supremacist thought. Mm-hmm. Well, like, or another one, I think the same person said it, we cannot be anti-racist if we are anti-homosexuality. Wow. Well, whoa. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so when we think about again trying to kind of answer that question, what is critical yeah. race theory? Yeah. That we are saying a uh, definition is an understanding of society. Yeah. Is is critical in thinking. Yeah. yeah. Observing it as best as possible. However, the problem with the, the this theory is that it was established and continued really from a secular worldview yeah that, that takes it and maybe even splits off into things that yeah. are, are not even seeming like they, they don't connect right yeah yeah but bec- to christian worldview yeah yeah because their root is in secularism yeah natural that it's going to yeah think that the bible is yeah white supremacist and yeah yeah that's a obviously an yeah 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 absolutely and i and i think part of part of the momentum is the the connecting of dots and again if you see the dots many of them are not connected at all or should not be connected but people are connecting them because there is uh injustice there are police who uh, need some oversight. There are marginalized communities. So put them all in one thing and say, 
uh, the Bible and white people are all evil and they have always been. Those are random things that have no connections. And those are general assertions you cannot make. I mean, people are making them, but there's no factual uh, basis to it. And so on one side, it gets a lot of gas and people say, absolutely. And they run with it. And on the other side, they said, that's ludicrous. That's preposterous. So they dismiss anything about race and oppression because it's it's lumped with um, some of that ideology. And so I'm, I'm thinking for the church, uh, why do we need to even understand this? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Because, again, you don't have the luxury of sitting behind your four walls and acting like culture is not happening all around you. And again, we must be involved with culture. We must be the interpreter of God in the culture. We must go and live and live among the people and establish community. Um, we must then give them the gospel or a gospel centric worldview. The gospel is not doing anything. The gospel is what has already been done through Christ, being a witness, being uh, uh, making disciples. Those are action words. So the church says, OK, we must be a witness. We must do the witness. We must say the witness. We must make disciples. There is the action. The gospel is what Christ has done. Why he came, what yeah. he did when he was here, what he did for us all. And and how you can know him in that relational way. Right. That's the gospel, the good news. That's what we should be giving in the making of disciples, which is evangelistic and yep. discipling. Well, uh, we that's what Paul, we should be doing. Right. Like Acts 17, we, we think about uh, Paul at, uh, when he, he even says, like, this is I've seen your your idol to an unknown God. Let me tell yeah. you about the one who is. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Know, so there's right. going into culture, right? Right. Answering a, a cultural question. Right. With a gospel answer. Right. And I think right. that's where. So with that, I want to yeah. wrap up this uh, episode so we can uh, head to the next one where we yeah. will answer yeah. uh, Christ-centered way. How do we as believers interact with culture on a yeah. topic like critical race theory so yeah Fred I appreciate thank it thank you we'll uh, catch catch up on this next episode thank you thank you for listening to the Christ and All podcast a ministry of Colonial Heights Baptist Church in Ridgeland Mississippi together we glorify God by making disciples of all nations for more information please visit our website at colonialheights.org